0: Your life and your ideas, the things that you get excited about are part of your purpose and your mission. It's easy to dismiss those things, but I've come to understand that when we're inspired, we are in spirit and that is spirit flowing through you. So trust yourself, trust God and continue to move. Beautiful things will be your future.
1: Recording artist, songwriter, model, and entrepreneur. Most notably, she was a top contestant in American Idol Season 7 and has starred in international television commercials and campaigns from ABC's Nashville, Elmay, and Royal Caribbean. She grew an online following of 40,000 in just three years by sharing her vulnerable healing journey after divorce and loss in 2018. On the path to self-discovery and self-healing, she writes and releases music and creates content to uplift and inspire others to focus on healing, hope, and the future. I'm glad to introduce you to Carden McKinney. Wow, what a resume. Carden what is your Enneagram type? I'm sure people are deducing from your (laughs) resume, but what's your Enneagram type?
0: So I am a type four and I can probably say now that I am proudly a type four. It has taken me some time to really be at peace with it, but I am a proud four.
1: (laughs) Yes. Be confident in that. Absolutely. Especially given your resume. Tell us for those that don't know what a type four is, how would you describe yourself or a type four in general?
0: Uh, Type four to me, you know, I I have always known that I'm an artist. And so when I read about the four, I originally kind of thought maybe it wasn't me because I'm creative and, you know, you can be creative and artistic and be any any Enneagram number. Um, But for me as an artist, I I started to understand that I am motivated um, and in I guess many ways, but mainly uh, I operate on kind of this shame basis of maybe I'm too much or not enough. And as soon as I hit that on the head, I was like, "Yeah, that's me." <laughs> so uh, understanding my strengths and weaknesses in that way has been really, really helpful. But I would say, yeah, when when we understand that kind of motivation, it helps to reveal a lot. And that would be the four to me: uh, deeply feeling and um, you know, I have a five wing and so very, uh, interested in many things, um, and can kind of be a geek of things and, uh, very passionate. A lot of times I am self-preservation, so there are, you know, all kinds of ways to understand your Enneagram, but yeah, that, that understanding that my emotions my creati- creativity all of that is uh, part of what makes me, me. And um, yeah, that's the yes. four to me.
1: Yes, absolutely. Creative and stands <clears throat> out. And, and, and even more than that, when a four realizes the gifts they bring to the table and stop looking for all the things they don't have, they embrace all of the strengths they do have. And then they just start to shine like you clearly have.
0: We've, we've oh, only you.
1: had one other type four on this podcast nearing our 50th episode. And so yeah. we only had one other type four. And I was really excited to learn that you're a type four because I really have a passion for showing and inspiring people that wouldn't naturally believe they could be an entrepreneur or they could start a business or they can pursue their dreams because they're just not like that person, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not a three or I'm not an eight or I'm not that driven or I'm not that loud or I'm not that aggressive. That's okay. You can be just who you are. And start a business. So starting on your journey in singing and songwriting and starting a business, was that something that was modeled for you at an early age? Or did you have to learn that on your own?
0: No, it definitely was modeled for me. I, my mom is, um, is a seven and she is incredibly gifted in juggling many things and is an entrepreneur. Um, And I, I wanted to be that I knew that I wanted to be like my mom at a very young age. Um, the beauty of Enneagram, it was learning and being at peace with the fact that I'm not a seven and no, when, when I made that connection of like, Oh, but I do it differently than she does it, you know, then understanding, um, and that in and of itself was one of the many ways that Enneagram was so revelatory for me is like, mom can do all of this. I want to be this way. I want to be healthy. I want to be productive. I want to be, um, able to overcome my emotion and to produce things, right. Because as an emotional person and, um, as force can be, we can be a little bit of a roller coaster sometimes. And, and I didn't want to just reflect my whims, but to be more steady. And, and as I learned to work with my own, um, being my type, how my psychology works, uh, I could reflect more of the things that I loved seeing about my mother, you know, and that she was a very accomplished woman um, and had that ability to to go and to get. And that was kind of ingrained in me. And so, yeah, I lean on my three wing there yeah. <laughs> to achieve. So, yeah,
1: well, you can go and get but go and get in your own way. And we're exactly we're both of faith. We both have our faith in Jesus Christ. And I love the Bible stories, not just because it's our faith. Those are just amazing stories that are so helpful for learning and teaching and everything. And the one I refer to is similar. You're talking about how with your mom, you wanted to do things like she did them and you realized you can do what she did without having to do it. Like she did it right. Mm -hmm. You can find your own way to accomplish the same thing, to be a go getter. And I think of David and Saul. And so when David goes to fight Goliath, Saul, the King says, well, you're just a little boy and he's a man of war. But then Saul says, all right, I'll let you go. And he puts his own armor on David. Do you remember? Mm, Yes. And Saul gives David Saul's armor and Saul's sword. And if David would have went to battle with Saul's armor, if Carden would have went to battle with her mother's armor and her mother's weapons, it it wouldn't have ended well. And so David had to have the self-awareness enough to say, hey, I don't need that armor and that sword. I have a slingshot I've been using. I'm going to embrace what I have and I'm going to go to battle. And so you remind me of that story and what you were saying there. You embraced your slingshot or your weapons and you went forward and you created this path. So I I really admire that. And that's a message I'm trying to get across to anybody is, hey, you can change your legacy. You can change your family's legacy, your lineage forever in faith and in finances in building a business if you just go back to what you do have, not focusing on what you don't have.
0: Absolutely. And I, I love that you mentioned David and Goliath. It's literally like my thing. I talk about it all of the time. All my friends are probably going to laugh, but I bring it up in Bible study a lot. Um, I think one of the best parts about that story is uh, David, you know, says, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know what God has done. Right. So he says, you know, he delivered he delivered me from the mouth of a lion. And, you know, I love that perspective when we're talking about a four, because a lot of times a four has like a, a little bit of a hopelessness or a fear of, of going and getting and of producing because of some of the things that hold us back. And I think that has been one of the things where I, I love to talk about my faith and understanding that, it is scary. We don't always know what's going to happen. And we're kind of programmed at a younger age to be a little more melancholic maybe uh, about the future and happier or not happy, but just kind of content in some of our um, uh, mystery and kind of this woe. But then when we look at it from a, a lens of faith and understanding that we can kind of tame some of that through Jesus Christ, we can Look at our Goliaths and say, Okay, I don't know how I'm necessarily going to do this, but I know what God has done and I know what has been in my life. And so, therefore, I have that faith in the future of what is to come. So, yeah.
1: Yes. We believe that when you accelerate relationships, you accelerate results. And so, our business essentially, we work with business owners, teams, leaders, and really the culture and the development side of their teams and their businesses. And we believe fundamentally that if you build people, if you develop people, everything else will be taken care of. But I know as, as a leader, as a business owner myself, you know this as well, I'm sure. It's so easy to focus on the result and to say, hey, I want that result. But if you lean into the person, you'll get the result. It just takes a little longer, but it's more sustaining. So when you hear that, accelerate relationships to accelerate results, what comes to mind or what do you think or maybe even stories from your experience?
0: Yeah, gosh, I think of so much. It's hard to really pinpoint one thing because I think it really was the understanding that allowed me to love business is when I was able to um, learn from people and love people um, <clears throat> you know we it really does take a village to to accomplish anyone in particular person 's goals, especially when you 're talking about business you 're talking about like um, a group of people i 've been in so many different leadership roles, and I think one of the one of my favorite quotes that I've heard was, um, tell me what to do and I'll think about it, but love me and I'll do whatever you want. And I I love that quote because it works in literally every aspect of my life, whether it's, you know, I'm a single mother, so it's with my children, if it's in church leadership, if it's business, um, you know, if you're on one-on-one with a client, no matter what it is, I think when we're willing to nurture that, a relationship and love a person, um, not only are we all going to see different results, but we're going to enjoy it so much more too. We're going to love the process. We're going to love what we're doing. Um, because we're creating joy with people. We're not just creating this number outcome, which I have found when I'm focusing on a number outcome, that is where my least amount of joy really is. And probably, Typically, like that's probably such a poor thing to say. But I do know that if like feelings and emotion are part of something that I um is not only something that I'm kind of inclined to do, but I'm good at it. Like I'm good at loving people. And I've learned that if we can get to that point in in any place where we're empowering each other, we're loving them, um, and there is a beautiful kind of relationship built, then a business. Uh, any kind of, you know, understanding that you have with someone. I think sometimes my kids, that a marriage, whatever, that is also kind of a business transaction. You know, it ends up becoming something that we love to do and we have joy in.
1: We, we find more fulfillment in caring for people. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well. Yeah. I, uh, I have a mentor that he was talking about marriage and he <clears throat> talked about God is your father and your father-in-law. So he talks about taking care of his God's daughter, right? He's your father and your mm. father-in-law because your wife is his daughter as well. And I think about that in a business sense is, all right, God's your father, your father-in-law, and also the father to those you're serving or those that are on your team. So how are you going to report to them and how you treated his children, you know, always yeah. and keeping that in mind. And so I told you, pre-record that my mindset is always just, did I leave someone better than I found them? Because I'm sure you've had people walk away from you, um, business owners, leaders, those of you that are listening, you're like, well, Keanu, I want to care for people, but man, I've been hurt before. But did you just give it your all? did you Do you know that you did what you could, right? Did you leave it all on the field? Because as long as you did what you could, then you shouldn't move forward with regret. It's, it's excellence, not perfection. Excellence is about the process, perfections about the outcome. And so even though you've been hurt, still continue to lean into caring for those people and just know that you did the best that you could, right?
0: Absolutely. Um, I love that. And I think, you know, there's so much of a surrender there and understanding what is in my control and what isn't, you know? And if I'm loving people and if I'm doing my best and I'm trying to walk with God and my leadership, then whether they this is a season where, you know, it's time for them to to change seasons, right? Like it's moving forward for them in a different direction. I agree with you that we can be at peace, that um, we are busy loving people and that's always going to be the end goal. And we'll sleep really well at night. You know, that's, that's all we can really ask for. Sorry. So yeah, no regrets.
1: Just just stewardship, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the multiple hats you wear. I also didn't mention <laughs> that as a full-time single mother of two sons, eight and four. That's a job, a whole couple of jobs. I mean, that's a few hats that you're wearing. <laughs> uh, you also serve in leadership uh, with your church as a social media director. And mm-hmm. so you're, you're wearing all these hats, social media director, single mother, uh, recording artist, songwriter, model. You have a business that operates seasonally as well. How do you navigate all of that? We can all do better with our time management.
0: I think that's really what it comes down to for me. I know that when I am operating, right, like my, my number of health looks like the one where I'm organized and I am kind of just disciplined in, in my emotions and that kind of thing that I look healthy. And I do feel that kind of constant worry if I'm really living up to my potential and that is kind of an overarching thing for me. And what I've learned, especially even just recently, um, I think that the way that I approach Spirituality and mental health is that I'm caring for my spirit, right? Um, It is because I love the Lord and I want to be all that He wants me to be. But I do know too that when I'm caring for myself in a way that shows that I see the worth that God knows that I have, somehow something clicks for me mentally, Keanu, where I'm like, I'm able to manage. The hats and the time and the everything. So that means that I'm not gonna stay up late and scroll TikTok. Um, but I will listen to affirmations and fold my laundry and plan out the next day. And that is really me understanding my triggers when I'm scrolling to numb myself when I am or when I'm healthy and productive and creating. And I know that God needs me to be a creator, a co-creator with him. I need to be creating the things, right? Whether it's in front of a camera. It's a course. It's um, it's a lesson for my children. And that is me at my peak of health. That's what I look like when I'm healthy. So it's really just understanding what, how I work, how my my psychology operates. And then I feel the ability to have so much time, so much energy to do all of the things that I feel called and needed to do. And it doesn't feel like a burden. It feels like something I get excited to do. I wake up in the morning and I'm pumped to do it. Right. Um, and so I, sh- I just think that wearing as many hats as you want is really about the kind of joy that you're interested in creating and understanding that you really do have, the power to accomplish the things that you want to do because you know uh god is our father and he makes us possible through you know all things are possible through christ right and he doesn't say just some of the things all things (laughs) all things right and it doesn't have to mean all the things but sometimes it does when you have lots of you know ways that you want to accomplish and to live um and so i think that it really kind of connects to me when i am uh taking care of my spirit, I feel like I'm able to take care of everything else and, and do more than just sort of, um, maintenance, but to really create and to live a vibrant and kind of full life that way.
1: I hear creativity and this is just not as a four, but truly creativity is a theme. And you mentioned being a Mm co-creator with God. Walk me through that. What does that look like?
0: (laughs) Well, you know, I've been studying a lot in scripture and I just feel like at the end of the day, we can say, I don't know, God, like, what do you want? And I really love to me, my walk with Christ right now is he's kind of saying, if it's fitting within this, you know, path, you know, that I have, and the path is kind of, um, it's flexible. I think he's like, I want you to do all the right things, right? But if it's fitting within that, I want that for you because I want you to live to to be the measure of your creation, and to expand yourself and to share your gifts. And you know, a city on a hill cannot be hid. Are we really willing to be that light? And when we're saying, "I want to be the light that reflects Jesus Christ," like what are what are we willing to do um, when that question comes? And so I do think that God. He doesn't want us to just shine this, you know, little bitty flicker. And, and that's, that's what he created us for. I think he really wants us to say, okay, God, do this with me. Like you want me to be this, you want me to really shine. I'm going to need your help. (laughs) But, you know, and in that way, he's going to say, yeah, I want to help you expand and and be that it's not just, you know, turn left, turn right. Um, Sometimes discipleship is that, but I do think I love that we have a God that wants to walk with us. Right. And not just only carry it. He does carry us when we need him, but you you know what I'm saying? It's like, he likes us to have that kind of um, self-empowerment sometimes and walking with authority and and being a child of God and saying, I want to kind of create this. And I believe he sustains that truly. Um, And he wants that for us as well.
1: Absolutely. He'll give you the talents, but he leaves you to multiply them. I think of the several stories of the talents and the multiplication and one Absolutely. was given two and made four, one was given five and made 10. One was given one and buried it. And mm-hmm. when I came to start my business, I want to know if this is true for you as well and stepping out and being on American Idol and all these all these steps of faith, right? That takes faith to jump on those things. You could be rejected. All these other things could happen, but you, you need the faith to put yourself out there. Um, I realized that I didn't want to bury my talent at any point I could be held accountable for. What did you do with those talents? And I was working for uh, Elevation Church here in Charlotte, loved it. Amazing opportunity, amazing development. I have nothing but good things to say and still great relationships. But I knew that if I were to stay there, I would have been burying the talents that God had given me. And just from a monetary standpoint, you know, my thought was, do you want to make this amount? on a salary per year? Or why don't you go and do what I told you to do with these talents or with the talents I've given you? And you could tie that much, right? And so it was just this thought of burying, that. not burying my talents and multiplying them. So what was the, the point for you jumping into American Idol, all the things that you've done, what was that first step of faith that you took, right? That defining moment that said, all right, I'm doing this. I'm an entrepreneur, I'm a leader. I'm putting myself out there and going for it.
0: Yeah. You know, what's kind of beautiful about that part of the story is I think inherently I felt that as a kid and I felt we have this kind of fearlessness as children, like, let's just see what happens. Let's build this. Let's do this. And, and that was kind of my journey with music and, and and it kept landing and it was like, okay, we'll just keep, we'll just keep going. Um, But then I went through a time where, you know, I've mentioned that I'm divorced. I knew I knew like, I know that there's a nose on my face. (laughs) I knew that I was not living a life that I needed to be living. Um, And there was such a darkness and such a um, sort of cloud over even just my personality, my life, my gifts, and none of them were being used. And I actually remember I was reading, I had my scriptures open. I was playing like Carrie Job. And I had just this overwhelming chills all over Holy Ghost moment. And God was saying, I need you to move. It's time that you're moving forward. And and I have to say that when I felt that understanding, it was more than, and I love how God speaks because it's always, you know, the Holy Ghost is always like, there's always like this understanding. It's It's more than just words. Like I just, Knew what he was saying in that moment to where it was that catapult that I needed. It was like this moment where I said, "It's time that you know we're we're not a victim. We're not what's happened to us. Um, there is this very beautiful future that I am capable of having. And I think God wants me to have, and that God needs me to have um, to be what He created me to be, and to live the mission that I." I'm supposed to live. I do believe that we all have a very specific mission, um, that God has put over each of our lives and the lives that we touch big or small, uh, in terms of, of numbers, it, it's so important for our specific journey that he has. And for all of us as a human family and, uh, and it just clicked and I started running and I was like, okay, we're going to do this. this. <laughs> and I started wanting to figure out, you know, and that came with Enneagram that came with self-development and understanding myself. Um, and ways to help myself get out of kind of that little rut. But as soon as I, I did, I, I got to understand that feeling of kind of moving with God and uh, using those talents and those gifts and, um, and wanting to be more expansive and expressive in my life instead of sort of, you know, covered up and, and nursing hurt that honestly that Christ already paid for. He was
1: like, let it go. Let's move, you know? Absolutely. Two things I want to touch on first uh, is victim versus being a victor and having yourself in that mindset. And I've definitely been there. I asked you earlier about was entrepreneurship or starting a business modeled for you, or is it something you had to learn? For me, it definitely was not modeled. I was raised in a small town, Northern New Mexico. And I just thought, and the way that I was taught, and I think it's very noble is you get a job, you raise your family, you take care of them, and then you go about your way and they do the same thing. And I just, I think that has to do with my family, not being shown another way as well. And so when it, I first came out here to Charlotte, North Carolina. I had some friends that were awesome business owners and entrepreneurs and their family owned land and their family before them owned land and this and that. And I remember thinking for just a moment, like a victim, I wish that my family would have done that for me, right? I wish that my family, wow, that would be nice, right? And not that I had any disdain for my friends. I love them. They actually helped me to start my business and get going. It was more so disdain for my lineage, right? That why didn't they do this for me? And it snapped. It was a defining moment. And I had snapped and realized that, no, hey, you can sit here and complain about it and continue to think like a victim. Or you can say, I'm going to make decisions today so that way my grandkids and great-grandkids and great-great-grandkids can look back and say, because of the decisions of great-great-great-great-grandpa Keanu, he's changed our lineage forever, right? And so that idea of being a victim versus a victor or having a victim mindset that that is a message that needs to be told today. So what would you tell that person that might be listening to this? Maybe they stumbled across this and typed in, you know, starting a business. And for some reason, God directed them (laughs) to our podcast and we're here talking now and they have that victim mindset and they just don't Mm -hmm. know how to turn it around. And they, they do the, well, I hear that Keanu, but you don't know my situation or my circumstance. What would you do to encourage them to move forward? Cause I might be a little bit too aggressive in my delivery. (laughs)
0: I think you're great. No, I think um, the quote from Lisa Turkhurst, she says, you cannot wave the banner of victory and victimhood at the same time. And that really helped to kind of release me. And I understood you can't have both. It's literally got to be one or the other. And truly when we think about, um, you know, the atonement of Jesus Christ and that those things are paid for, man, like there's a time for you nurse your hurt and there's a time to understand that we're released from all affliction because Jesus died on the cross and being able to let it go and and for me I think there's so many ways to go about doing it a lot of it is having a, an awareness of how your mind is operating you know Mel Robbins does the 54321 and she shifts you know her action and I think that's been really beneficial for me too and catching myself and I also just want to offer grace to who, if you're listening to this like, oh, that sounds great I want to be that. And I think motivation is so important. But I think you have to understand that this is a constant thing for me. I'm continually working on it. It is never just, I think one thing, maybe mistake I made in the beginning was like, okay, I'm motivated and I would hustle, hustle, hustle to burnout. And understanding that um this is a constant ongoing relationship with yourself and with God is understanding how to overcome, you know, to to put off the flesh and to overcome that fleshy, natural man mind, right? Where it's like the thing that kind of replays our hurts or replays our frustrations in a single day. It's just so common and it's normal, it's natural. But I hope that when you're elevating yourself with the word, with mental, um, you know, maybe it's podcasts like this and ways that you can nurture your spirit and remembering your identity. And, you know, that kind of thing is just so very important and knowing it's a constant walk, but you can, you can get out of victimhood. You can continue to walk forward into your future with so much faith and hope. And the beauty that comes from that and the peace that comes from that, um, allows you to create the kind of future that, you know, that God has created for you, right? We're not, wandering in the wilderness for 40 years anymore it's like let's move forward that promised land is something that we are progressing towards and that we will find and it all has to do with how much we truly believe that and we're willing to um, continue to walk towards it and not just sort of surround ourselves in that you know self-talk that we've been used to and so my yeah my my advice is let it go and be willing to let it go. You have an identity outside of what has happened to you. And it is what it's, what you will become, what you are meant for is your identity. Um, Not the things that, you know, you have associated with in the past. And I think that itself and understanding who I actually am to God Um, has so much more to do with who I'm becoming and my future self than it does with the things that have happened to me. And uh, that has been very motivating for me. You know.
1: Yes. Well, self-awareness is very clearly uh, important to you. And I do believe that we can attribute a lot of your success to that self-awareness. There was an article in Forbes uh, probably a couple of years back already, but it talked about the number one trait among successful CEOs, leaders, or business owners was self-awareness right? And understanding what does this picture look like that I'm living in? And it, that's a very, that's a soft skill people would say, right? Self-awareness, but it's so, so crucial. Uh, so what does self-awareness mean to you and how has that played a role in your success and where you're at now?
0: Oh my gosh. I think, um, I don't, I don't think that I really understood the power of self-awareness, um, until a lot of my healing journey and growth. Um, for me, it's, it's just so much about empowerment and understanding, um, that I can, I can kind of observe my traits, um, my genetics, I can observe, uh, my history and my traumas, and I can be outside of that without kind of judging and carrying shame around it. Um, to know that, as long as I feel like I have an understanding of um, how I find happiness on my own, I'm not looking for externally for someone else to do that for me. And it really releases you from depending on your circumstances and the people around you for the joy that you're looking for and understanding too that um, when I am doing this with God, I can overcome the things about myself that hold me back. And I really am, it's up to me to find the happiness that I'm seeking. Um, It's not something I do believe, you know, mental illness is is for sure real. But outside of that, I believe there are so many ways that we can be aware of who we are um, to continue to discover things about ourselves and have that really beautiful relationship with who we are so that we're a, a life of impact for other people as they come in contact with us and that we can be a force for good um, because we are owning and disciplining who we are as a, a person, you know, and we are able to really capitalize on who we are um, as a being and kind of what we're meant for and the ways that we're meant to impact others.
1: I love that. Thank you for sharing. Uh, you know, Ed Milet says it and I stole it Adjusted it a little bit, but where your focus goes, your energy follows. And so, yeah. like you had mentioned there, you know, finding happiness or choosing to find happiness—it's not in the creation necessarily, but it's seeing that there are opportunities to see it. You just have to be willing to focus on it and not focus on the negative. It—it it so frustrates me in leading people and developing people. And I've grown a lot in this, but you can't want it more than someone else. But I think that that's like a struggle of Type Eights uh, is wanting growth or development more than someone else. And and so it's like when someone's wanting to move forward, but they keep staring at the thing that was holding them back or the pain. It's like walking backwards. You're eventually mm-hmm. going to fall flat or just move towards it. When I was a police officer <clears throat> in one of my past lives, they would tell us to, to be cautious when we'd pull somebody over because naturally when people are on, on the highway, you're going to notice this now, they'll start to look at the lights of the police car, especially at night, and they'll naturally start to drift towards it and not even realize. And unfortunately, a lot of people have lost their lives because they would get hit on the side of the road. And so they say, hey, be cautious of that. So it's so true that where you focus, where you look without even knowing it, you're gonna drift towards that. So it's easy to say, don't look at the police lights, right? the big flashing lights. It's not as easy to say, don't look at those negative things. So self-awareness is crucial to know that, hey, I need to be mindful of what I'm looking at or what I'm allowing. Uh, into my mindset. Carden, this has been powerful, absolutely powerful. Final question. Legacy is very, very important Uh, for me. Like I said, I wanted to make decisions that would impact my kids, 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 so on and so forth. I actually wear this ring here. Uh, Those of you that are listening, can't see it, but it's a turquoise ring. I'm from New Mexico and I actually hated turquoise, but this is my grandfather's ring. And it's the only thing that I have left of him. And he passed away two years ago. So I think about the legacy that he established that I can carry forward now in a different way. So what's the legacy that you hope to leave? Or what does legacy mean to you in closing?
0: Oh, I love that. Um, you know, I, I kind of go back to my rainbow story of a day where I really felt kind of that icy cold hopelessness that is luckily been very rare for me in my life. But I kind of turned a corner and I saw this incredible rainbow in the sky and it kept repeating for me. Actually, I was like at a grocery store and there was like rainbow things and I was just like, what, what is happening? And I opened up uh, my Bible and I, reread again about the bow set in the sky for Noah and it was a promise of uh, peace from God. And I knew in that moment, um, when I saw that rainbow that God was speaking to me, and then I knew it again when I read that scripture, that God was truly speaking to me. So I have a few things for my legacy that I'd like to, to hopefully leave in the minds of people is that testimony of knowing that God knows you. And if not for you, then who are miracles meant for? He wants you to know that you're loved. I also know that, uh, that we are, because of Jesus, we have hope. And I want, whether you ha- whatever, wherever you are in your faith, walk. Um, hope is always available to you. And I want my kids to have hope in their future, no matter how dark it might look. And I've seen dark things we all have, but that rainbow in the sky is kind of my legacy, at least that I would like to leave is that beacon of just remembering that you are loved, that miracles are made for you. And there's always hope and your best days truly are ahead of you. They really, really are.
1: It's no surprise that you were able to grow to 40,000 followers in just three (laughs) years with, with wanting to instill that kind of hope in people, right? I do believe that you're well on your way to establishing that legacy. And I really do thank you for spending this time here and just sharing the insight from your perspective, because, you know, Enneagram for business and being passionate about helping others establish their legacy they might think, well, I can't start a business. They think of a brick and mortar shop, or they think of a traditional business. There are very non-traditional methods or ways that you can start a business. And you've kind of done all all of them, but a lot of them, right? Singer, songwriters, social media, uh, coaching and developing people and all of these different ways that people might think, well, I want to start a business, but I'm really passionate about this. And how do you turn that into a business? So, If you don't mind, I'd love to have you on again sometime. We'll dive a little bit deeper into that. I love that. Uh, Final encouragement for the audience? Final encouragement.
0: I think just understanding that your life and your ideas and the things that um, you get excited about are part of your purpose and your mission. It's easy to dismiss those things, but... I've come to understand that when we're inspired, we are in spirit and that is spirit flowing through you. So trust yourself, trust God and continue to move. Beautiful things will be uh, your future.
1: Amazing. Well, thank you, Carden. And thank you everyone for joining us for another episode of More Than Numbers Enneagram for Business.